Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus town pickle pork a new beginning let's go Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies all of Padre gang. Yeah, that's the- What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 238 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres just lost two out of three. To the Los Angeles Dodgers. I believe that's their ninth straight series loss to the Dodgers. They did not win a series against the Dodgers in the regular season this year. Uh, but I am choosing to remain positive after this series. I think the Padres made progress in this series. The games were competitive. All of the games were competitive in this series. You couldn't say that about past series. And so... That's my main point of this episode. That's where I'm going to start. If you have any thoughts, feel free to put them in the comments. Any questions, feel free to put them there as well. You can use the Super Chat button, the Super Thanks button on regular videos. I uh, appreciate you tuning in here. Uh, Padres just lost 5-2 to today. Lost Wednesday 1-0. Uh, they did win on Tuesday 4-3 to with the walk-off walk. Again, all three games were competitive. The magic number is down to 3 tonight after Milwaukee lost to Miami. Uh, Avisail Garcia hit a grand slam, put Miami on top of Milwaukee, who is playing at home. Uh, And so I'm choosing to remain positive. The Padres don't have to be perfect the rest of the way. Uh, I was expecting to lose tonight's game. Uh, I was expecting the Padres to lose tonight's game based on uh, Brandon Dixon DHing and the Padres having a bullpen day. You know, Shamanai going out there after Stephen Wilson. By the way, Wilson pitched great in that first inning. Shamanaya, I thought, pitched really, really well. Uh, what happened there after that was Pierce Johnson not pitching well, but I can't even get too mad about him, or I can't get too mad at him about that because I was looking up during the game after he'd struggled. He hadn't allowed a run in September, the whole month of September, entering tonight's game. Uh, and there was, you know, some dinkers there, you know, the, uh, Trey Turner had a weak ground ball hit to Hassan Kim. Trey Turner's fast, beats it out. Yeah, Pierce Johnson walked a guy, at least one, maybe a couple. Um, yeah, he gave up that double to Mookie Betts to lead off the inning. That and Mookie ended up scoring, gave up a hard line drive sack fly. Uh, but that's going to happen. You're facing a really good Dodgers lineup. Freddie Freeman single, that wasn't hit hard. So not all, all of those balls were hit hard. Um, with that said, you know, I am 
starting this episode off with positivity and you know uh, being optimistic. I, I do admit, obviously, that they're going to still have to play better if they want to beat the Dodgers come postseason time if they match up in the NLDS with them. Uh, but they obviously have to get make the playoffs, get past the Braves, the Mets, and the Wild Card Series if they're the five seed, and then they play the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium for a best of five. Um, they're going to have to play better. Uh, I think Manny Machado, Juan Soto, they're going to have to come through uh, in those situations like tonight when you had some runners in scoring position. There was the bottom of the second, bases loaded, Manny struck out. Bottom seven, first and second, one out. Soto struck out, and then Manny struck out as well. Uh, that probably can't happen against the Dodgers come postseason time. Um, if the Padres want to win those series, obviously. But I'm still, you know, this is the regular season. I still am trying to go with the optimistic point of view. Uh, and, you know, look, the Dodgers are a better team than the Padres. We knew that entering the series. We know that now. I was expecting a series loss. But what I said before this Dodgers series started is I'm expecting all of the games to be competitive because the Padres were playing better baseball going into this series. And what happened? They did play competitive baseball in all three games of this series. And I see a comment here. Uh, Padres can't hit at home, can't score at home. Uh, Soto slugging is non-existent. Soto almost hit one out tonight, hit one to the warning track the other night. Like I know that almost, right, that's an out. It almost doesn't mean anything. That's the same thing as a pop out to the pitcher, but I'm still remain or I'm still choosing trying to uh, remain optimistic. This team is still playing pretty good baseball. Uh, I do admit, obviously, though, that they're going to have to come through, um, you know, with runners in scoring position and in those type of situations, if they want to beat the Dodgers, because the Dodgers are going to come through. The Padres. They got lucky. I'll say, you know, the first probably couple games of this series, there were a lot of runners in scoring position. Definitely yesterday uh, when Musgrove was starting, there was six guys on base, not all in scoring position, but six on base uh, with Joey Gallo up the plate, up at the plate, and he got Gallo to strike out twice. Um, so they got lucky there. But the Dodgers also got lucky as well that the Padres didn't come through with guys that they had on base and in scoring position. It was a lot of series. It was a series of uh, a lot of guys being stranded, um, both teams not taking advantage fully of opportunities when they got them. The Dodgers, I thought they took advantage uh, or they took more advantage of the opportunities when they did get the opportunities. And that's pretty much the story, I think, of this series. Um, again, today, a 5-2 loss. I thought, or, yeah, 5-2 loss. Ninth straight series loss to the Dodgers, uh, but they remain competitive. Manaya, I thought he pitched well. Four innings, I was encouraged by what I saw from him. And maybe this is what we see come postseason time if he makes the postseason roster. Uh, maybe he comes out of the bullpen and goes three innings or two innings if they need him. And this situation that we saw tonight where Bob Melvin it seemed like he only wanted Shamanaya facing Mookie Betts, that top of that Dodgers order once, which is what happened. Um, only one time around, they can't adjust to Boom or they can't adjust to Manaya the second time around. Maybe you see that come the postseason time, uh, where he and someone like Morahone maybe they take on that type of role where you have uh, those guys face that face the lineup that they're facing. Uh, they face them once. And you don't get to see him a second time. But if you get production out of Manaya like that, uh, then Manaya probably would make the roster over Stammen. I think he'd be more valuable uh, than a guy like Craig Stammen. Um, so I was encouraged by what I saw from Manaya today. Look, I, I'd still, I still want him to vary his deliveries a little bit. But the fastball, uh, it was working pretty well. Um, he, he was throwing... Consistent strikes. Let me look. Let me make sure. Uh, Manaya, 62 pitches, 38 were strikes. So more than half. Um, 
you know, there were some people on Twitter that were kind of like, oh, well, why did Bomel take Manaya out? Uh, and that's a question that I can ask you guys too. Why did Bomel take Manaya out after only throwing 62 pitches? Well, it's kind of like what I just explained. Like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm not watching the Bomel press conference or anything, but I would imagine that he wanted Manaya to face the Dodgers lineup once. Just face it once, get as far as you can, um, you know, without having to face the top of the Dodgers order twice, if that makes sense. And that was the game plan. They had Steven Wilson start that game, the first inning, face the top of the order, then you give it to Manaya, face the rest of the order, and then face the Dodgers uh, top of the order once. And I believe he faced the rest of the order and then brought in Pierce Johnson. And Pierce Johnson, look, I'm not going to get on him too much today. Um, yeah, should he have him? Should have he been better? Yeah, uh, but he hadn't allowed a run going into this outing in the whole month of September. Uh, Stammen, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be a part of the postseason roster, but he didn't give up any runs. That's cool. Uh, but I think a big story of this game was the offense not coming through. Bottom two, like I mentioned, bases loaded. Manny struck out first and second, one out in the seventh. Soto struck out. Manny struck out. Um, after Soto struck out, they brought in, I believe, was it Ferguson? Uh, no, they brought in Martin to face Manny, I believe. Ferguson faced Soto, struck him out. Martin struck out Manny. Um, I saw this really, really dumb comment uh, on Twitter today about Manny being checked out of this game like that's the dumbest comment ever did you not see Manny Machado double earlier in the game um, people on Twitter probably know who made that comment it just doesn't make sense are you watching the game like do you really understand what's happening Manny Machado yes does he need to come through more consistently with runners in scoring position Against the Dodgers, uh, if this situation arises in the NLDS, if the Padres get there, yeah, uh, well, I'll be the first one to say that. But to say that he's checked out or for fans, for any fans to think that Manny was checked out just because he didn't come through a couple times is just a stupid take. It's a dumb, dumb take. Yeah, because Manny's going to be checked out when the Padres are a magic number of three away from clinching a postseason spot. Manny's going to check out when it's late September and this team is almost in the playoffs. They're in, a, they're in playoff position right now. He's going to check out. Makes no sense. Dumbest take ever. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up. But yeah, the, those, that's pretty much my main thoughts for this game. I'll go through the chat here to see if you guys have any thoughts on this game here. Mike says, the offense the whole series sucked, really didn't even earn the first two runs. They scored two outs and then an error, which was called a single to score two runs. Uh, big deal. Yeah, um, you know, the two runs, yeah, Turner, or did I say Turner? Turner, yeah, I, I guess you could call that an error on the grounder. Um, got past Taylor as well. Taylor was right behind him. But that's what the playoffs are going to look like. Like, not every run is going to come, um, I don't know how to say it. Not every run's going to come cleanly, if that's a word, you know? Like, clean singles or clean doubles in the gap. Sometimes these playoff games are decided by who plays the crisper defense. Who doesn't walk, guys? who doesn't hit guys uh, to load the bases or, you know, like the Alfaro game on Tuesday, right? Who doesn't uh, make the dumb manager decision to intentionally walk Soto, right? Um, and then bases are eventually loaded. And then which pitcher is able to just pound the strike zone? And can he command his fastball? Like little stuff like that. Uh, that's sometime what that's sometimes what postseason games come down to. Mr. Robot says, keep the faith. I agree with that. Mike says, if Manny doesn't hit, there is no offense. End of story. 
Um, yeah, if Manny doesn't hit, it's going to be hard to generate offense. I don't know about no offense. But yeah, he's the MVP of the team. He's hopefully going to be an MVP finalist this season. If he's not, I, I think that's dumb. Um, the Padres would not be in postseason positioning if Manny Machado was not on the Padres this year. Uh, I think that's a fact. Not really an opinion. I, I think that's a fact. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be hard. Look, I've said this already multiple times in this episode, the first 13 minutes or so here. Manny's going to have to come through um, more consistently with runners on base uh, in those situations if the Padres want to go places in the postseason. I understand that, but I, I definitely still have faith in the guy. I have a lot of faith in the guy. I mean, was he checked out in the ninth inning today when he hit a bullet up the middle that's a single, but Chris Taylor was just standing right there? Like, you can't do anything about that, right? You had, what's this Dodger guy's name earlier in this game? Um, in that sixth inning, Miguel Vargas, he had a single up the middle. Well, it was actually a double, but it was a single. It was a hit to center field. Same thing as Manny, but it got through, right? So, like, Manny's not checked out. Um, yeah, the strikeouts, they sucked in this series watching those. But I still have tons of faith in Manny Machado that he will come through. He's come Because I've seen it this year. He's come through in the past multiple times in big situations. There's games like the walk-off home run against the Giants when Hayter blew it, game was tied, and uh, Profar made the great catch. That Manny walks off with the home run. You know, moments like that, he comes through. Mr. Robot here says Dodgers bullpen is deep. Uh, maybe, but like, I am, I trust the Padres bullpen. I love, to be honest, I love where the Padres bullpen is at right now. First two games of this series, two earned runs combined. And that was by one guy, Nick Martinez, who, by the way, bounced back in the next game. Today, Johnson, yeah, he gave up those three earned runs, but again, hadn't allowed a run entering tonight in the month of September. Manaya gave up one earned run, but he's really a starter, uh, and he went four innings. It's not like it was one inning, one run. Thought he looked good. So I like where this bullpen's at. All right, moving on to Wednesday's game. Just talked about today's game. Padres lost that one 5-2. And yesterday they lost one to nothing. Uh, there was a lot of discussion around this game, uh, you know, on Sports Talk Radio and stuff like that. And if you have an opinion, feel free to put it in the chat. I'll get to that eventually. Um, you know, Musgrove got out a couple bases loaded jams. Um, wasn't his strongest outing. I think he put like 10 guys on base. That's definitely not what he wants. That's definitely not what he wants to do. Um, but it is a results-based business. And he went five innings and I believe did not allow a run. Yeah, didn't allow a run over those five innings. Uh, the walks, four walks, that's uncharacteristic of Joe. But I still trust the guy in like a game three of a wild card series, definitely. Uh, he's just someone that you trust that he will go, you know, on his worst day, probably five innings and grind through it. Uh, if the pitch count gets up there like it did yesterday, well, he gave you five innings and then go trust the bullpen or whoever you have. Uh, if you're going to have a starter come in after Joe or whatever it is. Um, so I, I still don't, I don't have like a lack of confidence in Joe. It got shaky. It did get shaky there. Did it help that Joey Gallo? was in the box with the bases loaded a couple times. Yeah, but he did admit after the game that he was trying to pitch around a couple batters before Gallo because he knew Gallo was coming up. So Joe does have a game plan. The Padres have a game plan. They know what they're doing. And I think sometimes, fans, we got to trust that. There's a lot of Twitter managers out there. Oh, Joe should have been out of there in that fifth inning. You got to let Tim Hill come into the game. Well, guess what? Bomell sticks with his starters. He stuck with this starter, and guess what? It worked out. Bomell knows more baseball than we do. I, I think I'm going to trust the guy. Um, what else? 
Manny did kind of have that bad read on Drury's single, but he guess what? He got into scoring position by stealing second base. You know, um, so yeah, that maybe hurt a little bit. You know, one nothing game, so it did hurt, but they did have good opportunities here, especially in that tenth inning. Right? We'll get to the Freeman thing in the top of the tenth, but bottom of the tenth, you have Trent Grisham up. I'm fine with Trent Grisham being up in that situation, to be honest. Uh, I just probably would have liked for him to bunt throughout the entire at-bat. Like, if he tried to bunt with, uh, what was it, one strike there, and he, and he fouled off the bunt, one, you got to get that down. Uh, but if he tries to bunt on that changeup, he probably gets it down instead of going up there trying to swim, or going up there not bunting and look, watching it go by, strike three, watching it looking. You know, that's, that's the infuriating part about Trent Grisham. Um, is, you know, he, he's been pretty darn good bunting-wise this year. Um, I forget what this, there was a runner on third, right, in that situation, or a runner on second. Let me go to that 10th inning. So, yeah, no, there was a runner on third. Profar was on third. If you have Grisham bunt there, you could try to have Profar score. You have Kim coming up next. Or even if you don't want to send Profar, make the pitcher throw Grisham out. Because Grisham's been striking out a lot lately. So at least have the ball in play and see what happens. Force whoever was pitching at that time, force him, Canely, force Tommy Canely to throw him out at first. Instead, he lobs a changeup in there and Grish doesn't swing. Uh, by the way, I put out a, tw uh, a tweet today, a stat on Twitter, at Talking Friars, about Grish. Uh, he has struck out more times this year than Tony struck out in his last eight seasons combined. Tony Gwynn, that is. And I'm not comparing Grish and Tony. Let's be clear on that. My point is, Grisham striking out too much, and Tony Gwynn, as we all know, was an amazing freaking hitter. And his plate discipline was amazing. He, you know, we're watching Juan Soto right now with his plate discipline and stuff. Uh, I feel like Tony was on a level above that, to be honest. I know the walk, Soto has the edge. You know, we've never seen that before since, like, Ted Williams, right? But um, that's how amazing, ridiculously amazing Tony was. Uh, and if you were fortunate to watch his career, uh, I hope that you savored those moments because I, I wish I could have. Uh, that's for sure. And I, I'm going to relish... Um, watching Juan Soto as a Padre every day, that's for sure. Same thing with Manny, uh, you know, and those great, great hitters. Uh, but, yeah, Grish didn't come through there. Kim with the little dribbler to the pitcher. Uh, so that was definitely a chance. Uh, getting to the 10th inning, top of the 10th. Should the Padres have pitched to Freddie Freeman? That was a big talking point, a big question today. Uh, Steven Wilson was on the mound. Yeah, the pass ball by Nola. Uh, that ball probably should have been caught back-to-back -back days after Alfaro. He redeemed himself, but Nola, uh, pass ball, runner to third. Betts got to third. Do you pitch to Freeman, or do you put him on first? You have Will Smith coming up. You have Max Muncy coming up after that. I was fine with Bomel saying, yeah, Steven Wilson, go pitch to Freddie Freeman. It's okay. Because, one, look at the result. Right, you know, the Twitter manager, the hindsight, in hindsight, it's easy. Well, if you're going to look at it in hindsight, Freddie Freeman, it was a little bloop single. He had another one today. Like, you can't do anything about that. From what I remember, Stephen Wilson executed his pitch pretty dang well. The ball wasn't hit hard. And yeah, you could have the conversation of, oh, well, Freddie Freeman, who would you rather face? Who do you think is going to have a higher... Who has the higher chance to get on base or drive in this run? Freddie Freeman or Will Smith? And I'd probably tell you Freddie Freeman. But if you put Freddie Freeman on base, Will Smith's still a really good hitter. He homered today. By the way, that was props to Will Smith. That's not on Adrian Morahone. I think that's who was pitching at the time today. That pitch was outside the strike zone. Campy wanted it down, knuckle curve or whatever it was, knuckle change. And guess what? The pitch was down outside the zone, and Will Smith golfed it 
over the fence and left. Like, that's props to Will Smith. Um, he's a good hitter. You have Will Smith come up. What if he doubles into the gap and Freddie scores? Now, guess what? You're down two. I was fine with going after Freddie there. Scored a run. Look, bottom line, Padres have a runner on third with one out there in the 10th. You got to score there to tie the game. You just do. Um, so, you know, obviously they didn't. It, it, that, so that was a, a missed opportunity. And um, I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Would you have pitched to Freeman? Probably some people here are going to say no uh, in hindsight, but that's just a lot easier to say when you're not Bob Melvin in the dugout in the moment. I'm going through the chat here just because I know I missed some things here, but that's, that's pretty much my thoughts on yesterday's game. I, I think Musgrove, man, I, that was very positive. Him and Snell these last two days, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, giving up, what, one run combined? No runs for Musgrove. Snell gave up one run uh, in five, or no runs, excuse me, in five innings, one hit. That, sorry, I confused that. I'll take that any day against the Dodgers, to be honest. With the bullpen we have right now, sign me up for that. Christopher says, yesterday's game was definitely a gutsy performance by our pitchers. We got through multiple innings of trouble. We definitely should have taken that, but another offensive disappointment. I agree. Said that well. Yeah. Gutsy performance by the pitching staff. Uh, got through multiple innings. Musgrove definitely had mo had the uh, base bases loaded twice. Got out of it. Uh, struck out, I think, eight guys over five innings. Yeah, gutsy performance, and the offense just didn't come through. Again, they, they're obviously going to have to come through more consistently with runners in scoring position. Those situations uh, come postseason time if they want to go places. Mike here says, I know I'm alone in this, but I think the Padres should have gone all out trying to take the series because I think it was important in a lot of ways. Maybe it was important like uh, for like, the fans, like for us, hey, we beat the Dodgers in a series. We can go do it in the postseason. Or maybe for some guys in the clubhouse, hey, we beat the Dodgers in a regular season series. We can go do it in the postseason. But I don't think the Padres should have gone all out today. Uh, maybe like the lineup, maybe not having Brandon Dixon play, uh, like as the DH. You know, I have Will in there or Josh Bell, right? I don't think he was starting today. But in terms of starting Darvish, over Wilson slash Manaya, I disagree with that. I put out a video earlier today on that before Stephen Wilson was announced as a starter. Who should the Padres go with, Darvish or Manaya? I said Sean Manaya. He's better on regular rest than Darvish is, ERA-wise. And with Darvish, you pitch him against the White Sox, you have a better chance of winning that game against a team that's already out of it, they have nothing to play for, than having Darvish pitch against the Dodgers. It's as simple as that, I think. Darvish pitching well, we saw with Musgrove. Darvish pitching well does not guarantee that you're going to win a game against the Dodgers. It might improve your chances, but if Darvish pitches well against the White Sox, White Sox don't have as great of a pitching staff as the Dodgers do, I'm, I'm more confident that the, White, that, the, or excuse me, that the Padres will win that game tomorrow, on Friday, against the White Sox with Darvish on the mound than I would be if they decided to go with Manaya tomorrow against the White Sox. And the magic number was still four going into today. Now it's three. So guess what? It actually ended up working out pretty good. Magic number is three. You get you Darvish to start tomorrow. And I think Clev on Saturday, Snell on Sunday. You give Clev an extra day of rest, which Bomel said pregame, which was big uh, for Clev. I'm a, I, I like that decision. I, I did like that decision. And that decision, it did work out. Like, Manaya pitched well. Steven Wilson pitched really good in that first inning. That decision worked out. And we'll see how Darvish pitches tomorrow. I'd expect him to have 
a quality start and put the Padres in position to win that first game of that White Sox series. Victoron says, I'm sick and tired of losing to the effing Dodgers. Yeah, I am too. Uh, but they're the better team right now. And going into this series, I expected the Padres to put up a fight, to be competitive in every game, which they were. But I also expected them to lose this series because the Dodgers are a better team. And until the Padres win that series against the Dodgers, I can't go into a series expecting the Padres to win a series against the Dodgers. So I'm trying to look at it more, the optimistic view. The magic number went down today, even with the loss. The pitching was pretty solid. I'm not worried about Pierce Johnson, uh, Musgrove, and Snell. They pitched, I mean, Snell gave him one hit. And Musgrove, he grinded through that outing. Um, so there's, there's encouraging things to take from this series. And I think a big thing to take, which is progress, is they remain competitive in all three games of this series. You couldn't say that about series in the past, this, uh, this season, when the Padres faced the Dodgers. Last time they faced the Dodgers at Petco. Remember that Sunday game? Musgrove didn't pitch great, gave up a couple home runs, Stammen gave up the grand slam, and the game was a blowout. There were no blowouts in this series. So I think you got to take that as progress. You know, They have a three-game lead on... Uh, the Phillies and the Brewers for a wild card spot, or excuse me, two and a half game lead on Philly for the fifth seed. They have a three game lead on Milwaukee for a playoff spot. They're in a good spot. They get the White Sox and the Giants coming up, and the Brewers pretty much have to be perfect the rest of the season. Magic number is three. If the Padres win one game the rest of the way and Milwaukee loses twice, the Padres are in. That's how this works. So the Padres, they have the advantage. This team is going to make the postseason, I think. Uh, I would definitely bet that they're making the postseason. If they don't, with the magic number at three, with six to go, whatever it is, if they don't make it, that is an absolute collapse. I don't care if Milwaukee, uh, you know, wins out. Padres have to, if they win out, then the Padres, all they have to do is go three and three, and they'd still make it, right? So they're going to make the postseason. And right now, um, I am choosing to take the positives from this series. Moving to Tuesday's game, Padres won this one on a walk-off walk. It was an entertaining game. It started out pretty fast. Um, I was at the game with some friends, and I was we were like, yeah, this game's going by at a pretty good rate. And right when we said that, it started to go by slower. A lot of pitching changes. Uh, the Dodgers on Tuesday, they had six pitchers. The Padres had six pitchers as well. A lot of pitching changes. Uh, Snell went five innings, and then they had Martinez for two-thirds of an inning. Gave up those two earned runs, but then the bullpen rest of the way. Didn't give up any runs. Suarez, Garcia, Hayter, Johnson. Um, like I said a little bit earlier, I'll take the five innings, the one earned run from Blake Snell. Against the Dodgers, I'll take that. And then you run with the bullpen. Like the Dodgers have a great lineup. Face top of the order multiple times. Gave up one hit in this game. Sure, you don't want to walk three guys, but sometimes you have to pitch the top of the order, uh, like Musgrove did yesterday. Sometimes you got to pitch the top of the order safely. You know if that makes sense. You got you got to be. Um, I don't know what, what's the word for it. You got to be wise with how you attack the top of the Dodgers order, you know. Uh, and I thought Snell did that pretty well um, in this game. Obviously, the offense, they did have some um, spots that they could come through, right? They went one for seven with runners in scoring position, left nine guys on base. So, yeah, like I've said multiple times already in this episode, you're not going to be able to do that against the Dodgers in the NLDS if they face them right, in a potential NLDS matchup. You can't do that against the Dodgers and expect to win. But they still got guys on base. They did flood the base paths at points during this series, and I think that is encouraging. Um, Hayter, 
you know, I thought he pitched fine, came in there in that ninth inning. I thought he pitched better than fine, to be honest. Or no, that was yesterday that he pitched better. He had a tremendous outing yesterday, by the way. Wanted to shout that out. I mean, whenever he got outside the strike zone, he got right back in it. Three up, three down. Uh, was it the top of the Dodgers order yesterday? Let me go to that ninth inning. Struck out Taylor, struck out Bellinger, and got Mookie to line out to left. So he pitched really, really well uh, yesterday. And getting back to Tuesday, I mean, he got a grounder to Kim. Kim booted it. There was the pass ball to Alfaro that allowed the Dodgers to score a run. Right? Um, I think that tied the game. Yeah, 3-3. That's not on Hayter. Jorge Alfaro should have caught that ball. He definitely should have caught that ball on Tuesday. Nola probably should have caught the ball yesterday, but that's more of a toss-up. That was a two-seamer uh, that tailed away from him pretty darn fast. I still think he should have caught it, but Alfaro, that's more of a slam dunk, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he definitely should have caught that ball. Uh, that wasn't on Hayter. The ground, he got the ground ball. Kim made an error. It was the first time in, I think, a few weeks that he had made an error. Um, so, yeah. Little mistakes like that, the errors, the pass balls, you can't do that against the Dodgers come postseason time because I don't think that they're going to make a compounding mistake, right? They're not going to have – I don't think Justin Turner is going to bobble a ball uh, on a ground ball to third. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Craig Kimbrell, I don't know if they're going to have him in that situation in, the t in a 10th inning and he's going to have the fastball if, you know, not be his best friend, right? He's going to lose command of that pitch. Uh, kind of like how Josh Hader didn't have command of the fastball early on with the Padres after he was traded from Milwaukee. You probably, I'd bet that those things aren't going to happen. So they are going to have to play cleaner against the Dodgers, obviously come postseason time. Uh, but they got the win on Tuesday. Alfaro with the walk. And I did a breakdown on it, by the way. It's up on this YouTube channel. Um, if you have not check that out yet i rec i recommend you to uh it was just on kind of the end of that game on tuesday night and alfaro's at bat i mean it was two choices same pitch but it was fastball is it going to be a, okay is it going to be a fastball up in the zone or is it going to be a fastball out and just yank the fastball that's what kimbrell was doing there and so it was what three two at one point in that at bat before the walk um, and Alfaro probably was looking for fastball up. If he didn't get it, wasn't going to swing, and guess what? It was fastball yanked, easy walk. I don't know about, I mean, maybe not easy, but probably an easy take, and Alfaro's like, holy yes, I walked, because he doesn't walk a whole lot. Um, but Kimbrell, he gave it away. Padres take it. They'll smile. Magic number went down to four. Magic number's now down at three. And you move on. Um, so, look, competitive series. Uh, I thought it was a good win on Tuesday for a number of reasons. I thought the bullpen pitched well, maybe other than Nick Martinez, but the bullpen pitched well. Josh Hader uh, yesterday I thought looked really, really good. Uh, but getting back to Tuesday, the positives there, the bullpen. Blake Snell uh, pitching well, continuing to pitch well, pitching well against the Dodgers. Uh, that's encouraging. One of the best lineups in baseball, if not the best lineup depth-wise in baseball. Um, and even the losses today and yesterday, there were some things that were encouraging there. If you want to be critical of this team, go ahead. Um, yeah, the offense needs to come through more consistently. You can say Manny needs to come through more consistently uh, with runners in scoring position. Same thing with Soto. If you want to see more power out of Soto, uh, that's definitely... Um, a viable uh, complaint, but the offense, they did, I thought they did better this weekend than, or not this weekend, it's not the weekend. I thought they did better this week than they did, at least competitive-wise in the box, compared to last series that they faced the Dodgers at Petco Park. Um, I'm going to go through some more comments. I know Bob Melvin has spoke to the media, so I will... Check to see what he has said. 
Christopher says if they do meet, meaning the Padres and the Dodgers, you can say they will definitely have an uphill battle against them. I agree with that. Uh, but you can never but you can never know what could happen in postseason baseball. Yep. That's the beauty of postseason baseball, right? You can have wild card teams like the Nationals in 2019 barely get in and go win the World Series. Everyone's record starts 0-0 in the postseason. So it's not it's not about you know, if they match up in the NLDS, it's not, a, it's not about what the Padres did in this series against the Dodgers. It's not about what the Padres did in the last series against the Dodgers. It's not about what the Padres did in any series against the Dodgers earlier this year. It's about what they're doing in that game right then and there. Who is hot? Who is on their game? Are the starting pitchers on their game still? That's what it's about. And, uh, man... I hope the players do. Uh, I know the players do as well. I want another shot at the Dodgers, get another crack at them in the postseason and see what the Padres are made of um, when everything is on the line. Because there was nothing on the line for the Dodgers this week. Uh, but when everything's on the line for both teams, I, I want to see how that plays out. Again, progress is, uh, I think, a big key word for me, at least. Coming out of this series, there, there was progress for the Padres against the Dodgers. Um, all right, let me get to Bob Melvin's comments. By the way, this episode of Talking Friars is brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is the website. They have the location on Friars Road, inside Snapdragon Stadium, and inside Petco Park. They have multiple locations inside Petco Park. Garlic fries, regular fries, cheesesteak fries, cheesesteaks, they got it all there. Great food. I recommend you checking them out if you have not already. Gaglionbros.com, again, is the website. Uh, Bob Melvin here on a potential playoff matchup with L.A. This is from Darn A. Tripp. Quote, I hope we do. The series we felt good about every game. It didn't feel like we were maybe earlier in the season, maybe a little overmatched. Uh, I don't get the sense that if we played them again that we wouldn't feel confident. I agree with that. Uh, he's kind of reiterating a little bit what I've been saying about feeling good every game, competitive, um, you know, feeling confident. That's what I saw from this team uh, this week. By the way, it looks like Fangraphs gives the Padres a 98.2% chance to make the postseason. So, yeah, you could call that a collapse if they don't make it. They're going to make it. Uh, if I did, by the way, if did I say at the beginning of this series that the magic number was four? If I do, or if, if I did say that, sorry, I believe it was at six, and now it's at three. I'd say that's a win. They won a game. All three were competitive. And their magic number is down to three. Because the magic number on, what was it, Tuesday? It dropped down two. Not, it was at six. Then it went to five because Milwaukee lost. Then went to four when we won. Nothing yesterday. But then it got down to three today. So if you add that up, three magic number from six to three. So down three over a course of three days, that's what I want. That's what I think us fans should want. Get the magic number down at least one. If you get two, that's cool. That's great. If you get the magic number down one every day, that's a win. And you Darvish will start tomorrow. And hopefully that's his last start of the regular season because the Padres would have clinched uh, by the Giants series, by the start of the Giants series. And he can get a bullpen in, get that extra rest before heading either to New York or Atlanta for uh, the wild card series. Because I think the Padres will end up being the five seed there. Uh, I don't see any other quotes right now from Bob Melvin. Let me just double check here. Uh, Kevin Acey just put out 
his article. So let me go look through there. Profar after the game said, we played good, but there were some situations that we didn't capitalize to beat those guys. I think you got to add on and we had opportunities to add on. Yep. And I believe he's talking about today's game uh, where I talked about, you know, bottom second, bases loaded, Manny struck out, bottom seven, first and second, had Soto and Manny strike out, right? That can't happen in the postseason in those big games against the Dodgers. I agree. Um, but it's not the postseason right now. Obviously, you would have liked to see that happen. Um, and I agree with Profar saying we played good. I thought the Padres, yeah, they, they played good. Um, all three games were competitive. And then, yeah, just reiterating Bob Melvin saying, I don't get the sense that if we played them again, that we wouldn't feel confident playing, uh, playing them. Every Felt good about every game in the series. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, so I've got optimism after this series. Maybe some fans don't. Yes, I'm tired of losing the Dodgers. But going in, I wasn't expecting to win the series. Uh, I was expecting competitiveness, and that's what we got. All right, let's talk about this White Sox series real, real quick before uh, I get out of here. Padres, White Sox, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they got three games against the Giants to close out the regular season. Hopefully, they've already clinched a postseason spot by then. Uh, Friday, tomorrow night, Darvish on the mound against Davis Martin. Martin has a 3.86 ERA, Darvish 305. Uh, Valley Sports San Diego, 97.3 the fan, 6.40. Padres are going to be in their city connects. Padres pitch Darvish probably tomorrow, partly because they. We're going all in to win tomorrow's game. Uh, they had a better. They feel like they have a better chance, and I agree, to win tomorrow's game than they did today with Darvish starting those games. Um, and so if they don't win tomorrow, yeah, that's, that's going to suck. But I, I think that they will win on Friday with Darvish on the mound. I mean, when Darvish on the mound, it, it's win day. So, yeah, I think they're going to win there. 540 on Saturday. It is going to be Clev against Dylan Cease. And then on Sunday, it'll be Lance Lynn against Blake Snell. They, they have a chance to win all three of these games. White Sox aren't playing for anything. The White Sox right now are 77-79. and 79. Uh, Very disappointing year for them. They have an interim manager right now because Tony La Russa has been dealing with some health problems. And so the doctors recommended La Russa to not return to the team during the season. Uh, White Sox are out of it. There's no point in returning, really. And I'd kind of be surprised if he remained the White Sox manager, to be honest, after this season. Uh, just it's not really, it just didn't work with him this year uh, as the manager. Um, so that's that. Uh, yeah, take two out of three at the minimum. Uh, and you think Milwaukee will lose at least once this weekend, and you clinch by. Sunday, at least, I hope. Uh, I'm going to Friday's game, Sunday's game. Don't know about Saturday yet. Uh, but yeah, I think that they're going to clinch this weekend at Petco Park. We'll be able to celebrate together at Petco Park, and uh, that's going to be fun. I was three years old when the Padres clinched a postseason spot in a full regular season. 2006, that was the last time. So I haven't seen that, you know, uh, or at least I don't remember um, seeing that. 2020, that was great to watch, but that was on TV. Fans weren't in the ballpark. Um, short season. This is a full season. Uh, there's been ups. There's been downs. And so that's going to be a great moment to see the Padres clinch a postseason spot. Yeah, I'll be on frozen cold takes, whatever that Twitter account is, if uh, the Padres don't make the postseason, but... Imagine numbers three, six to go. Uh, they better make it. All right. Um, Maria, I'll get to the chat here to end it. Maria says, is there hope against the Mets or the Braves? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it can beat either of those teams. Spencer Strider's out with an oblique, oblique strain, I think, right now. 
He's been one of Atlanta's best starters. Uh, they don't have Ozzy Albies, I don't think. I think he's out for the year, if I remember correctly. So that's a blow for them. Definitely have a chance against them. I'd put the Padres bullpen up against anyone, the Mets included. Um, the Mets, I mean, who knows? They might not even be able to throw DeGrom in the wild card series, or at least game one or game two, because he might have to pitch last day of the regular season or one of those last days uh, because they're they're trying to fight with the Braves for the National League East title right now. I think they have a one-game lead on Atlanta for the National League East. And that's a big advantage. If you win the National League East, you don't have to risk it in the wild card series, obviously. You get that rest, and you get your top starters for the first few games of the division series. And you don't have to face the Dodgers in the division series. You, you get to face... Uh, the winner of the 5-6 game, or excuse me, not 5-6, the winner of the 6 versus Cardinals game, the 6 seed against the Cardinals. Like, that's a huge advantage. You don't have to go face the Dodgers, uh, which would be on the road in the NLDS. Like, the Mets, just think about that. The Mets, right now, they're 98-58. Atlanta's 97-59. The loser of that division is going to finish probably double digits ahead um, of the Padres for that first wildcard spot. But they're going to have to go play in a wildcard series, and then they'd have to face the Dodgers if they win that wildcard series, you know? Like, winning that division series, or winning, excuse me, winning the National League East is huge. So they're going to go probably all out for that. And if they don't get it, Padres might have the advantage there. So I definitely think uh, if they have, you know, Darvish, Snow, Musgrove lined up one, two, three, games one through three for the wildcard series, that they have a chance versus the Mets or the Braves, whoever they face, uh, assuming that they get the five seed. Yeah, they have a chance against either of those two teams. All right. I think that's going to be it. Episode 238, a lot covered here. Padres Dodgers series is over. Going to the White Sox series. Uh, this weekend, I'm optimistic. Saw some encouragement or saw some encouraging things from the Padres this weekend. Hopefully, you did, or th- not this weekend. I keep saying this weekend. It was this week. Sorry. Um, usually, these series are played on the weekend, Padres Dodgers. Saw some encouraging things during this week series, uh, and hopefully, they can continue that. So, that'll do it. Episode 238, Talking Friars Podcast and YouTube Show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. See you later. Go Padres, and enjoy your night. See ya.